0: chapter fourteen of a short history of germany by mary platt parmel this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fourteen marie antoinette married to the french dauphin louis unsuspected conditions joseph the second reforms by a progressive Habsburg are a failure romanticism replaces sentimentalism in literature sturm and drang period luther's influence upon letters Frederick succeeded by his nephew. Effect of Prussia's ascendancy in the German Empire. Its coming dissolution. Why patriotism could not exist. The calm before the hurricane. Chapter 14. At the close of the Seven Years' War, Maria Theresa had spent the twenty-three years of her reign in a fruitless struggle with Frederick. Instead of dismembering his kingdom and reducing him to a plain margrave of Brandenburg, she had lost Silesia and was compelled to listen to the praises of her enemy resounding through Europe and to hear him called the great. It was a bitter pill for her 9 years later when she had to confer with the Prussian king as an equal over the partition of Poland and to see him further enriched by a goodly slice of that unhappy country. But before that event and just 2 years after the conclusion of the war, Francis I died 1755 he had worn the title but she had wielded the power and guided the events ever since that day when with her infant son in her arms she had captured the hungarian diet at presburg and now that son was joseph the second but the sceptre was still in reality to remain with her while she lived and in fact her name was to be the last ray of splendour which should illumine the throne of austria but these were sunset glories after a long and troubled day while in prussia was the brightness of the dawn that friendship with louis the fifteenth so eagerly sought by maria theresa led to a very momentous alliance of a different sort the empress and the french king together arranged a marriage between her fair young daughter marie antoinette and louis the young dauphin of france how should the empress of austria born nurtured and fed in the very centre of despotism not hearing or heeding the current ideas about human rights and freedom entirely misunderstanding the past the present and the future how should she suspect the terrific forces which were accumulating beneath the throne of france or that it would become a scaffold for her child hapsburg and bourbon to her mind were realities as fixed and enduring as the alps she saw no special significance in the fact that thirteen english colonies in america were in rebellion and setting up a novel form of government for themselves that was england's affair not hers and would in time like other rebellions against properly constituted authority be put down she did not live to see the end of this struggle nor the events to which it led in france her death occurred in seventeen eighty her son joseph the second strange to say was imbued with the new ideas of human rights great was the astonishment of frederick and of europe when this young man set about the task of establishing a new and progressive order of things in austria and it was a strange spectacle to behold a habsburg trying to force upon his people reforms they did not desire and right which they did not know how to use his plans were high and noble but he failed to see that they were too sweeping and too suddenly developed to be permanent his people were not ripe for emancipation from old shackles which they had grown to like and venerate in striving to free the church from the jesuits and to emancipate the serfs in hungary he had accomplished nothing and had created chaos depressed by the failure of his great reign of reformation joseph's health gave way he died in 1790 and was succeeded by his brother Leopold II. It is not to be supposed that Frederick felt much sympathy with the free young republic established in America, and if he sent a sword of honor to Washington in 1783, it was because he recognized the greatness of the man, and perhaps too because he felt a malicious pleasure in the humiliation of George III, the intellectual awakening which this king had failed to understand had wrought a mighty change in germany lessing had been the first to break away from an enfeebling imitation of french sentimentalism the genius of goethe and schiller awakened a new spirit in literature that of romanticism and there commenced that intellectual convulsion known as sturm and drang or storm and stress period while goethe and schiller were supreme in the kingdom of letters Herder and schlegels were great in history and criticism humboldt and ritter in geographical science fichte hegel schelling and kant in philosophy fouquet and tieck in imagination and jean-paul Richter in the mysterious ether of transcendental thought when karl auguste called goethe to his court in saxe weimar among that group of other illustrious authors and gave to weimar the name of the german athens it was a golden age for germany it is interesting to re, It is interesting to recall that it was luther who gave the first impulse to this movement by revealing to the people the riches of their own tongue in his translation of the bible and in his hymns so grandly, so grandly simple he created the modern german language the influence of luther was felt in another art too the influence the enthusiasm awakened by the singing of his hymns revolutionized the form of ecclesiastical music in this golden age in germany music too had become a great art with such immortal names as mozart gluck haydn and beethoven and the period of great orchestration also had commenced although frederick's taste led him so strongly to letters and to music these two arts had attained this rich development in germany without any assistance from him when he died in seventeen eighty six the monument he left was a kingdom of prussia equal in rank with any of the great powers of europe enlarged in territory rich in population with a great army and an overflowing treasury as frederick the great had no son this splendid inheritance passed to his nephew frederick, the, frederick william the second with the new ascendancy of prussia in the german empire a process which had long been going on was accelerated that empire had become a fiction a form from which the substance had long ago departed almost its only remaining relic being an imperial diet where thirty solemn old men supposed they were holding the venerated structure together by weaving about it and repairing the thin worn, treads, worn threads of tradition the german empire had in its best time existed by grace of god and force of circumstances more than by reasons of sound and perfect organism by reason of a sound and perfect organism it always struggled with fatal inherent defects its life currents never flowed freely and had been growing more and more sluggish for centuries and now they had ceased to flow at all there was no vital relation whatever between its various parts of national feeling there was absolutely none. Lessing, one of the great Germans of that time, said, Oh, the love of country, I have no conception. And what was there to inspire patriotism in this great empty shell of despotism? The shattered, lifeless old structure was wrong at its very foundation. It was built upon feudal injustice. That injustice, injustice which compelled the people to bear the whole burden of taxation from which it exempted the nobility and the clergy. England had long ago redressed this, previous, this grievous wrong. France was just preparing to free herself from it by a tremendous convulsion. Germany had been offered emancipation at the hands of her enlightened and gracious Emperor Joseph, but so spiritless and benumbed had she become that she could not understand his message. He was attempting a vain task in trying to def- to infuse new life into the empire there were no living channels to convey the current the only thing to be done with it was to sweep it away and the man and the time for doing this were close at hand the surface calm which existed while leopold the second was repairing the disorder left by his reforming brother joseph was the calm which precedes the hurricane End of Chapter Fourteen.